Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah? We have a scintillating, a very sexy, a very uh, bedroom-inspired episode this week as we delve into Talk Dirty To Me by Poison as covered by Jughead's Revenge for Punk Goes Metal. Mm -hmm. How's that for an intro? See, this is like, <laughs> I just had to spend like five minutes just sort of staring into middle distance to get ready to record. How do you muster up this energy to be so engaging? Uh, Jesus. Okay, sure. Cocaine. Yep. Um, you know me, like huge, huge cokehead. Yeah. 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 You do love a good nose beer. Oh, some nose clams. <laughs> <laughs> the old, uh, whiz fizz for the, for your... For your schnoz fizz. Oh my good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Me neither. Me neither. I had something else that I was going to say and then it's gone with all of that pep talk. And I'm not saying that you gave me a pep talk, but. Because I did. You did. <laughs> I did I, the opposite. I think the era of the surprise intro is over the surprise like i'll get you and but then i did have the idea of it could be funny if like we do an entire episode that is like what how a friend of the pod jordan banks era jordan said that he wanted to like record to like do recordings of just like him listening to something <laughs> but through headphones <laughs> or like yeah like a podcast and every now and again huh but like we're just discussing how we would we would do this episode yeah yeah and then it ends and when then, theoretically we would be pressing start. When yeah, because <laughs> yeah, so, that that would be the idea is when you when you're pressing start, then it would end because you didn't realize that you were recording yourself. <laughs> that's uh, that's an idea that's I feel like only funny to me. No, no, I find it funny. I I'm just finding it hard to express myself today. Before we get into this, I want to share an anecdote. Um, please. So this is our first sounded, episode. Please. Please. <laughs> please. This, please, sir. This, sound, this is our first episode of the new year, 2023. Yeah. And before New Year's Eve, uh, I went into an alcohol store, a bottle shop, as we call them here, Bottle O for short. Mm -hmm. um, and I purchased some drinks for New Year's Eve. You sure and did. the guy in the store was listening to Primus, um, the song Jerry Was a Race Car Driver. Now, I only know this song mm -hmm. because it was on the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skateboarder. <laughs> and Sick. I know Primus for exactly two songs, mm -hmm. this one and the South Park song. Ah. Oh, yeah, yep, so that's yep. Primus doing the South Park song. Yes. Um, and... I wanted to, like, uh, my, my initial reaction was to be like, oh, Primus, cool. But then, like, I clammed up because, of course, like, my mind went straight to, oh, yeah, but he's going to ask me to name 10 songs and I won't know 10 songs. And this guy, this guy looked like Primus. Like, he had the, the slicked back hair, like, salt and pepper, long beard, sleeves, 
the Buddy Holly glasses. <laughs> nice. And so I was like, just sort of like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I want to ask, have you ever had moments where it's like, you know of a band or a show or something like, like if someone's wearing a band shirt and you know that band, but you don't know enough and you've sort of wanted to say something, but you haven't? Um, putting me on the spot, I genuinely can't remember if I've done that or not, but I definitely understand that like hesitation to get stuck into a conversation where someone explains a band back to you. Mm. Where it's just like, oh, really? Mm. Prove it how much you enjoy said band. But in saying that, like, I do like to sort of just wax poetic about things I only know half the story about. So, <laughs> no, it's just because I also like I'm I'm a part of the genre of music that's like, oh, oh, you like Iron Maiden? Name me five Iron Maiden songs. It's like, fuck off, dude. Yeah, like I'm allowed to wear a shirt if I want to. Like, I, I'm I'm beyond the the, the phase of gatekeeping anything. I think, in my life. yeah. I like to think that everyone gets to that point. Some of us don't, but um, yeah. I like to think that we, as we age, it's kind of like gates open, come on in. Yeah. Um, because who fucking cares? I, I, I also don't look down my nose at people who might have discovered a song through a video game. No. Like, there's so many ways that, like, I, I've, I've discovered heaps of music through video games. Yeah. Um, but I'm also like, I'm trying not to put any judgment on the guy at the bottle shop he could have probably just gone oh yeah cool yeah if i'd gone off primus yep you should have just like pointed just upwards to just gesturing like the song we're listening to and just been like tony hawk oh yeah but like again he looked like primus that's what i mean though just like completely bomb (laughs) out and be like oh yeah this was the song on tony hawk wasn't it yeah or one of the songs is this Goldfinger? Is this Goldfinger? It's Goldfinger. It's Goldfinger, it? right? <laughs> Superman? No. Anyway, let's th- talk about poison. Let's talk about poison. So, Poison, formed in 1983 from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I wonder what industry they're most known for there. Uh, They're known for the cotton candy industry. Sure. Yeah. Um, This is also, we're we're returning back to 
uh, run sheets and notes. No, yeah, after, we're... After last, last year's Christmas episode. After giving ourselves a Christmas break and just absolutely freestyling it. I think that was a good episode. Though. I think it was. Yeah. I still, yeah, I'm still in the habit of giving each of our episodes one cursory listen once they're up. Yeah. Just as my own kind of quality control and also to get those numbers up. You gotta. Yeah, someone, someone's going to tell me if I need to rein something in. <laughs> someone's going to tell me if I'm like, said something I shouldn't. Oh, uh, no, it's more just my extreme fear of saying or doing anything wrong at all times. Mm. Look, to this day, you have not come to me and gone, well, actually, delete this episode and, and, and delete this portion and put it back up, so. True. Uh, so vocalist Brett Michaels began his career performing for a group called Laser. But in 1979, he would join childhood friend Ricky Rocket on drums. Oh, he was the drummer, Ricky. He is the drummer, Ricky Rocket. The friend Ricky Rocket. The is friend the Ricky Rocket is the drummer because Brett Michaels is the vocalist, which I did state. You already. did. <laughs> uh, so they would start a band called The Spectres. The pair would join up with guitarist Matt Smith and bassist Bobby Dole to form a band called Paris. Uh, that's the, that's the, the least. Yeah, that's the cool band name to me that is like one of these is not like the others. Yeah, that's that's a that's a stu- They were phoning it in when they yeah, were that's, that's a that's yeah, that's a phone in like Laser and the Spectres. Yeah, those are sick. With Ricky Rocket on drums, come on. Uh so they would play the local Pennsylvania bar circuit. However, the band didn't gain much attention or much traction in Pennsylvania, so they moved to California and changed their name to Poison. Excellent. Uh, by 1985, guitarist Matt Smith became disillusioned with the band's future prospects and returned to Pennsylvania to be a father. The band would audition numerous guitarists and narrowed it down to two potential axemen, C.C. DeVille, who would become the long-standing guitarist for Poison, and Guns N' Roses ah. guitarist Slash, who at that point was known for his pre-Guns N' Roses band Hollywood Rose. Well, there you go. In, like, definitely, uh, definitely a different, um, definitely <laughs> very different. And one of those bands has maintained its legs, shockingly, and the other one kind of hasn't. And then so. Guns N' Roses just kind of faded out into obscurity. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so- it's such an easy bit, but I love just doing yeah. that bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> And I had nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, Just okay. Like, let's move on. Yep. Uh, so in 2007, frontman Brett Michaels starred in the VH1 program Rock of Love. After three seasons of the show, Michaels could not find love, however. Aww. That's where you also then had the spin-off sh- Like, multiple women, multiple women from the show have then had their own shows. Right. That's doing the same thing. Where we have just taken a break from watching 90 Day Fiance, but the really tall American guy with the Ukrainian yes. uh, partner in like season six or yep. seven. Yep. And his, his uncle that's like, I don't know. I want to root. Absolute legend. Yeah, I want to root for the uncle. Um, he, there was like, cause they, they broke up eventually. Yeah. And they were like, he was spotted with. Like the woman from like the first or second ah. season of Rock of Love, and they're like, "Oh my god, is he with blah blah blah?" Um, but what? it was it was very oh, it was so 2000s. It was like everything like was sponsored by Monster Energy drink and, affli- <laughs> and Affliction clothing and Ed Hardy. Oh no! And and 
Yeah, and that's where you also then get the other show, Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav. Yes. Which we were going to watch. And it was terrible. And it was real bad. And he's just like, within the first five minutes, he's just like slapping stickers on the women's breasts. And we're like, okay, Flav. Yeah, All right. not great. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. So in better news, he has a line of pet clothing and accessories called Pets Rock. Brett Michaels, not Flavor yeah, Flav. Brett Michaels, not Fra- Flavor Fra- Flavor Flav. Uh, this uh, line of pet accessories, Pets Rock, was sold at PetSmart. Um, I did try to find these items, but I went down a K-hole that was the shockingly well-maintained website for Brett Michaels. Why shouldn't he have a website? No, it wasn't the fact that he had that he has a website that that shocked me it's the fact that it's a, it's actually like if you go through it it's a really well maintained website like yes it looks like it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of dated like it doesn't look like a modern website but also i would hazard a guess that the average age of poison fans and brett michaels fans are mid 50s this isn't bad it just looks like a pretty standard like WordPress type setup, just like a rolling thing of essentially like blog or like news updates. But yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Like it's got a decent looking merch store. It's got your tour dates, your upcoming tour dates. He's already updated the banner to Party Gras 2023. Yep. Party Gras his thing. Fuck yeah. Um, he puts up pictures of himself with fans. Aww. Uh, like I, I was just like looking at it. It was like, cause I was, cause I opened up the link and I just went, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? And I was like, actually, no, this is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> For Brett Michaels, this is really good. Yeah, I like to think that he's maintaining it himself. Yeah, he, he went out and he learned um, or like C he has plus like a or Python. Or something. It was just like, fine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I like, the, I like the narrative that he went out and learned Python. And made his own website. I, mm, I don't know if he learned Python. He maybe just did some basic HTML coding, yeah. like what we used to do for MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's uh, he's gone on to the. I can't remember the the, the program that teaches you how to code yourself. Um, yeah, a friend of mine put me on it, but then I obviously um, <laughs> and then you aced it oh. and went into software development. Passed all of it, but I did. I did look at. I was able to find some pictures of. The dog accessories. And yes, it's exactly what you would imagine. It's it's bandana clothing for dogs. Absolutely delightful. It's, yeah, it's everything is diamonty. Again, the affliction. Like, like leopard print, like diamond. There probably was some leopard print. Yeah. It, it, there wasn't too much to see, but yeah, it was, you know, it would have stuff like bad bitch on a on a <laughs> on a dog sweater but it would be written in the affliction type writing oh, no. and <laughs> everything had skulls and and I say this as someone who has numerous skull tattoos but but it's you know yeah that aesthetic like everything at the time had to have skulls yeah oh yeah yeah like Huge like that, even though it was what 2014 that episode of Nathan Few where he gets them to steal clothes and that he's talking to the to the girl through the earpiece, and she's like, "Oh, skulls are in right now." <laughs> anyway, about the song, yes, this was the second single from their 1987 debut studio album. Look what the cat dragged in, and you asked, "Is this the album art where it's the four of them 
Looking super femme. Yeah, looking looking incredibly femme. Mm. To the point, like, I don't remember which documentary I watched about sort of metal in the 80s, but someone was saying they were so femme that dudes at the time were like, I want to fuck the girls from Poison without realising that they were men. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so the song is an ode to Young Love, and was actually brought to the band by C.C. DeVille when he auditioned. For the audition, DeVille refused to learn any poison material <laughs> and instead presented to Talk Dirty to me while they were put off by his brash personality. They were ultimately impressed by the song and hired him. That's great. Imagine that. Like, just You're- going to a job interview. Like, what do you know about this company? Absolutely nothing. Fuck you. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, but I'm going to then... Make my own company within your company. Yeah, like I refuse to engage with anything that you're about. Your your stuff is trash. Listen to this. Your kids are going to love it. <laughs> In 2011, the defunct glam metal band Kid Rocker sued Poison, claiming the song had been written by them. Kid Rocker were a band from Chicago who moved to LA. And according to the lawsuit, C.C. DeVille had auditioned for the band and Talk Dirty to Me was one of the songs he had to play. The verdict ruled in favour of Poison, and the case was ultimately dismissed. So are they saying that C.C. DeVille brought that song to the Kid Rocker audition and then to Poison? Or are they saying that Kid Rocker were like, here's a song, play it? So so where where he said to Poison, your stuff is shit, this is a song for you. Right. Kid Rocker were like, you have to play this song. What a turd. But it was it, the, the, the verdict ruled in yeah, favour of look. Poison. The... I think it was either the judge or the, someone from the jury or someone was like, no, I think it was Poison's lawyers were like, they made the argument, why would you come 25 years later yeah. to say that Poison stole your song? Very true, very true. And also, where is this song? Where is proof that you played this song besides anecdotal evidence that this guy played it or, yeah, learnt it from you and then took it to Poison? Yeah, that is a very good point. You know, if... Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, plagiarism stuff. But, like, usually that stuff is caught out pretty quickly. Yeah. You know? And, like, it wasn't like it was a small song, so... Yeah. Uh, the song reached number 55 in Australia on the Kent Music Report. Mm-hmm. Number 9 in Canada, 67 in the UK, and number 9 in the US. Cool. What do you think about this song? Um... I'm pretty sure I've heard it before. I could, but when you said, "Oh, talk dirty to me," I just immediately thought of the one with the trumpet, like. Um, it's like this song is very hooky, and I find it like oddly wholesome, despite what yeah. the subject matter is. Well, like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a sexy song, but not in not in terms of not. In, it's uh, no. I'll reiterate. It's a horny song. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not also getting into like really graphic detail about what they're going to do. It's, it's, you know, as they said, it's about young love. It's about people, you know, the excitement of it. Yeah. The excitement yeah. Of, of having sex and, and yeah, the excitement of her talking dirty to him. Um, I know it's not a popular sentiment, but, uh, you know, I think like, cause I don't, I don't love hair metal, glam metal, whichever way you want to describe it. Mm-hmm. I think this song rules, though. I think, yeah, it's very good. It's um, 
I don't know. Like, I keep just thinking of, like, just what I needed by the cars or something as, like, a similar kind of mm. vibe, even though it's not really, but it's just that kind of cute song. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't... I don't find this song overly salacious because, like, it's just so hooky and kind of poppy almost. Yeah. Yeah. I I find a song like Cherry Pie by Warrant to be to be sort of more grotesque because yes. it's, it's comparing a vagina to a cherry pie. And there's also just something about the vibe of how they're singing it. Like, it's very sort of, like, sneery and, like... Yeah. Like, innuendo-y, whereas this is very, like, at the driving. Yeah, it's celebratory. Yeah. yeah. I... So one of my favourites is Judas Priest, and they had the album Turbo. Yeah. Which is basically... Yeah, it's kind of hard because it was... At the time, it was a really unpopular album because it was very synth-heavy and very... It was kind of encapsulating this sort of... The sort of like West Hollywood kind of, or like the the Hollywood kind of sound. Yeah. Um, and like they're they're a fucking British band from like a steel town or something, like. And so I was listening to Turbo, and like the song Turbo Lover came on, and it's it it sort of put me in this mindset. So maybe that's that's why I'm really favorable towards this. Um, but I was listening to Turbo Lover while driving the other night, and. <laughs> I I wanted to like I wanted to speed. <laughs> I wanted to go so fast, and I was on a freeway doing a hundred. So I, you know, I wanted to go faster than that though. Oh a, wow! Do you have a song that makes you want to just like burn it all down? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I have like a playlist that I've been working on, like songs to kick a door off its hinges to. Yeah, like, that like what's what's one on that that you can? Uh let me pull it up. If the, uh, if the old memory works, but yeah, it's, it's so like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, I have the, uh, I have the more critical musical palette because I can see through turbo for what it is. I just fucking love turbo. I think it's a great album even. And, and I think it's, I think it's one of those ones that it's now getting its roses or getting its flowers as they say, Yep. you know, people are starting to come around and go, yeah, it's pretty catchy. Yeah. But they literally then had to release the album Painkiller afterwards, which is basically their best album. Right. For it to uh for people to go, Oh, okay, yeah, Judas Priest is back and then Rob Halford the singer left. Aww. <laughs> so I've just pulled up my playlist. It's it's still in its very early stages. Um Formerly I would have said Black Skinhead by Kanye Yeesh. West. But that is on my no playlist. Hey, isn't that funny? He actually did turn out to be a black skinhead. Yeah. Well, not funny, but ironic. He did actually turn out to be a black skinhead. He sure did. Yeah. Um, but more recent examples would be like Permanent Rebellion by L.S. Dunes, uh, which just, that chorus just makes me want to run through a wall. Uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman, Shania Twain. That makes you want to speed. or well, that makes you want to kick down a door. Just the let's go girls. It's like, yes, let's fucking go. Yeah, like, I, could, I could imagine the bam, bam, and then Like just, it's, yeah, it's got that backbeat. It's good. Um, yeah, Stockholm Syndrome, Blink-182, Grounds by Idols, I Disagree by Poppy. Um, oh, wow, Poppy. Yeah, like it's it's very much still a work in progress, but I definitely know that feeling of like, 
I'm so amped up right now. I could just like, yeah, go Hulk mode, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, I, uh, I don't know if this song makes me want to go Hulk mode, but it just, it puts a, puts a big old smile on my face. I think one of the things that I don't, I don't know, I don't want to be, be too critical, but one of the only things that like kind of rankles me is when he, when Brett Michaels is like, he calls out to CC DeVille in the song. And he's like, and I, I like the call out. He's like, Hey CC, is it like talk pick to me? Pick up that guitar and talk yeah, to pick me. Yeah, up, pick up that guitar and talk to me. And then like, it's a real basic guitar solo. Like, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying real basic. Like I could probably pull up the tabs. I could put, probably pull them up right now and go, yep, I could play that. And I haven't, I have not played. I, I've lost the calluses on my fingers. And I feel like it's like, that's where it's like that moment. If, if this was poison with Slash, Slash would pull out something. Oh, he would sick. absolutely shred. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, maybe like CC was probably a good rhythm guitarist that's a, that's a lead guitarist. I think that's. That kind of, to me, encapsulates my entire feel about this song. Is like, I like it, but it falls short of what I think they were going for. Yeah. But in saying that, I still very much enjoy it. I think it is what they were going for. Because, again, it's a very horny song. They were, I think, a very horny band. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't watch any Rock of Love, but it would be very interesting to see sort of how horny Brett Michaels in... Probably what his late forties at that point. Oh, really? Well, it was two thousand and seven. This song came out in like twenty years before. Oh, that. sorry, I thought you were talking about when this song came out. Oh, like, no, 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 okay. rock of rock of love. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at this guitar solo, and <laughs> I, I'm tempted to try and learn it, but also Dare you to record it and tack it onto the oh, end of this episode. No, I do not have enough time for that. You said it was easy, didn't you? Yes, I did, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> Because I'll, I will have this out tonight. So very true. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I quite like. Again, like that was sort of the thing with with glam metal was really sort of bringing out the androgynous side of it, and yeah, and then they're talking about how they're going to have you know the sex and that sort of stuff. Like, it's just it's it's. As I said, it's very horny without kind of being salacious about it. Well, there's something about it that still feels quite chaste, even though it's not. Um, yeah, maybe this is a song that would be, and I'm not saying that's what they are, but like if Mormons or <laughs> or Fundies were going to write a song about sex, if it was like, all right, you've gotten a pass. I'm your priest and I'm giving you a pass to write a song about sex. How are you going to do it? <laughs> and it's a lot of hand-holding and like... Giving you, giving you the illusion without giving you, it's, it's showing, not telling. It's like, talk dirty to me. Oh yeah. What would you say? Uh, uh, um, uh, let's talk about different types of dirt. Uh, you got your, uh, <laughs> you got your topsoil, <laughs> you got your peat moss. <laughs> you know, at least one more type of dirt than I do. Well, because I worked in a, I worked in a fucking landscaping yard for a year, and that's about all I remember. Well, there you go. Your fertilizers, they're not dirt, though. I don't think. No, you can't you, compete with those kinds of dirt. Because you. <laughs> I think one of my other favorite things about this song 
because you mentioning that guitar solo, that is now my favorite thing about it is just how mid. <laughs> but like just in the last chorus, the way he enunciates bushes <laughs> behind the bushes, he takes a he takes a beat. Oh, see, That's I thought he dragged it a bit. Nah, behind the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Till I'm screaming for more. Whoa. Um, in the film clip. Mm-hmm. They use multiple guitars that I wanted as a 15-year-old. I thought you were going to say multiple guitars that don't show up in the instrumentation for this song, but no. Well, because it's interesting because I thought that there's, in the film clip, mm-hmm. two guitarists and a bassist, which would make five. Mm-hmm. Because it's because Brett Michaels wasn't playing guitar. Right. But there's four dudes on the cover. Ah. Well, there you go. So I don't know. I, uh, and look, I... I did not look into whether they maybe had a live musician or a studio musician that maybe filled in. Um, but yeah, the the bright green BC Rich Warlock, mm-hmm. which is the very pointy one. Yeah, got, got all the points. I wanted one of those when I was in high school. Yeah, the BC Rich Mockingbird, which is like shaped like a mockingbird. That that tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a terrible shape for a guitar. Bird shaped. Oh, was it Mark or Tom that started Atticus, or was it both of them? I don't know. Like one of them, whoever started Atticus, could do a mockingbird shaped guitar. <laughs> oh dear! A dead, a dead mock, and the and the and the leg sticking up would be your whammy bar. Oh my god! <laughs> Should we talk about Jughead's revenge? Yeah. Talk dirty to me. You know I call you, call you on the telephone. I'm only hoping the telephone so I can hear you when you say those words to me. Whisper so softly. I'm going to leave the details to you. Okay, so Jughead's Revenge formed in 1989 and hailed from Los Angeles. Uh, by the early 90s, they gained enough local popularity that they were able to bypass local promoters and start running their own shows. Uh, this lowered the door prices and kept patrons safe from what they considered violent security guards, which, yeah, security... I just, I every now and then I just remember, like, times where security guards have just been on, on like, absolute power trips and I just get yeah. so mad. Yeah. Anyway. Those are the ones that couldn't get into the police academy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um... So them men managing their own shows also allowed up-and-coming local bands a chance to perform where commercial performance would not give them a chance. 
So some of these acts include Green Day, The Offspring, and Blink-182. So I'm not saying that Jughead's Revenge are responsible for those three bands, but they're kind of responsible for those three bands getting as big as they did. Everyone say thank you, Jughead's Revenge. (laughs) Uh, The group disbanded in 2001 following a lawsuit with Archie Comics, who owned the rights to the fictional character Jughead Jones. Uh, But the band reformed in 2009. And so it's... it's still they're still Jughead's Revenge. So then, and how did that settle? Do so they know? they either bypassed it, they either settled, or they were just like, "We'll continue on and beg for forgiveness." I guess it just it gets to a certain point where it's just like, really, like I'm. Now I'm curious to know if, like, Fallout Boy had to clear their name with Matt Groening or, or because they've styled it differently. Did they? Or are you saying, or are you asking? I'm asking. So, like, because Fallout Boy, they style their name differently to just Fallout Boying, be, Boying being one word. They're Fallout Boy, whereas it's oh, yeah, Fallout Boy. Because Fallout is one word. So maybe that was enough for them to get a pass. But it's like, surely Archie Comics... Limited could have just like calmed the fuck down. You know that, you know as well that the mouse wants his restitution, wants yeah, what's owed to him, what he thinks is owed to him. Yeah, and if the mouse thinks that Fallout Boy owes them something, yeah, he's going to bleed that penny from them. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know, but then it's also like. Fallout Boy is a minor, 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 minor character that basically has one moment in one episode of the... Sim- well, I don't know past season 12. Mm. Yeah, as opposed to, I think Jughead Jones is like the second top... Or maybe Jughead is the the bully, I don't know. Well, the name like Jughead, I feel like he's a bully. Yeah. Maybe he's the one that's like... Duh. Stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, don't give me the live action one. Give me the cartoon. No, everything's live action now, haven't oh, you yeah, heard? But there's that fucking there was that Riverdale that Riverdale show. No, he's the one who wears the crown. So I don't know. I don't know. Ah. I don't know. And what's he getting revenge for? I don't know. I also never read a single Archie comic, so I couldn't tell you see like to me i would just take that as like a nod to like they enjoy archie comics yeah it's also like literally what are you going to get from this band truly literally what are they what are they doing that you're either not going to get money from them or also like they're not big enough to worry about yeah honestly yeah honestly who gives a shit archie get the fuck out of here sorry i'm really animated about that it's yeah Anyway, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Uh, this this cover also rules. Yeah, I think the original lends itself well to just that very punk, dare I say, pop punk yeah. cover. This is one of those songs that would have, I mean, other songs got me into punk, but this would have been one of those ones, had I listened to it at 12 or 13, this would have been really formative for me. Yeah. I think this would have gotten me, this would have gotten me well and truly into punk. Um, 
it's hard it's hard to say that when I did get well and truly into punk though. I know what you mean though, like it would have fast tracked the process or potentially taken you down a different path of like Yeah, potentially like going more for like the California sort of Yeah. Punk instead of like the Florida pop punk. Yeah, kind exactly. Of, kind of I don't know if there was a Florida pop punk, but I just know that Newfound Glory is from Florida, so mm. uh, which still blows my mind that they're not from California, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, it just sort of, it has the sort of slightly more distorted guitars. I will say the one thing that in this, that kind of rankles me is they've just got a bit too much bounce in that snare. Um, but that's just, that's just a technical. <laughs> Not your tempo? Well, it's like, you listen to it and it's that very sort of like kind of bouncy snare. And it's, I'm trying to picture what that means. Well, when you when you re-listen to or when you listen back to this episode, and I've put the song in, <laughs> I'll make sure to put a section with the like I'll put the, the verse in, and you'll understand. Okay. And you might you might have you might forget it when I play the song before this section, but uh, we'll That's see. Fine. Um, but like I love that they turn the chorus basically into a gang vocal. Yes. Like a very slight gang vocal. Like it's a, it's a gang of about three, maybe basically four. Basically just like multi-track vocals. It's probably, it's probably the, the members of the band yeah. are doing the, the, the vocal. Um, but man, do I appreciate that. And when he, when he calls out, I think it's Joey on the guitar. Yes. Um, and it's sli- like the guitar solo is slightly better. Yeah, as well. that's it's, that's kind of a flex. It's I just, appreciate it. It's just sort of, I, 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 again, like I don't want to harp on this. Like I, as I said, I think "Talk Dirty to Me" kind of rules, but it's just when you're like, when you're literally pointing out, this is my guitarist, and he's going to blow your mind right now with a guitar solo, and it's just, it's just basically scales that he's doing. I. I kind of, like, have no choice but to respect that, though. Like, check out my bandmate who is completely average. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, he is doing what we asked him to do and we love him for it. Like, he, He's doing what I want him to do, which is to not outshine me, Brett Michaels, the vocalist of Poison. That is a good point. But I just, I love that idea of, like, there being so much hype and then just being the most average solo you've heard in a long time. Because... I, yeah, like, I'm not going to, I don't think Brett Michaels was, I wouldn't say he's the best singer in the world either. So like, mm. you know, he gets, by, he got by on his looks. I'm sure they all did, but yeah, like don't pull focus away from me. Make this a, make this a very mid guitar solo. <laughs> I beg of you. No, I'm. In 2023, I'm all for people just having a bit of a rest. So I I appreciate that that energy of just like, I'm just going to fucking phone this one in. Look, maybe if I... Oh, I don't want to make any promises. I was going to be like, oh, maybe I'll learn the guitar solo, but like, maybe not. Like I said, I'm all for people just having a rest. Okay. Uh, we'll see. If, I, if there's a really... If there's even... There's an even worse version of this guitar solo than you know it's me playing it. <laughs> um, oh, I'd like to keep this to 40 minutes, but I think we're going to be a bit under. 2023, baby. Yeah. Let's have a rest. Yeah, look, first episode back, 
more a more relaxed fit, I guess, for yeah. it. Um, we're we're probably I think at this point we're done with doing other covers. I think so. Yeah, unless we find one that's particularly sick. Yeah, unless there's like a, a, a look, we could have potentially done, but you don't you don't have any connection to them. The metal band Children of Bodom. I do not did a cover of this, but Children because Children of Bodom is one of those ones. That's kind of like Marilyn Manson mm. did a lot of covers. Yeah. Children of Bodom did a lot of covers as well. And they do, uh, I think the next Britney song, oh. they, 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 they did a cover of, which I think is Hit Me Baby One More Time. Maybe? Just Baby One More Time. Baby One More Time. Or uh, Oops, I Did It Again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it, unless it's also like a big song, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I'm discussing plans for our podcast on the podcast, so... This is that episode you were talking about doing at the beginning. <laughs> so now that we have fully eaten our own tail, hell yeah or yeah, nah. Oh, uh, hell yeah for both. Yeah, I'm going to say hell yeah. It's, it's a nice day outside and I'm in a good mood, so... Aww. I This mood would have possibly even lifted my mood, though, so... Excellent. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of just that genre of, like... Pop punk band covers metal slash rock slash whatever thing in just an incredibly wholesome way. But also, I'm going to say that this is quite possibly quite like glam metal is quite possibly the metal to to be covered by a punk or a pop punk band. Because I know that like like people either love them or hate them, and I'm pretty indifferent to Motley Crue, but I went through a phase of reading musicians' autobiographies, and so I read the Nikki Six and the Motley Crue biography mm-hmm. when I was seventeen, and that was one of the things that they were hugely inspired by. Was or a couple of the things they were hugely inspired by Alice Cooper, and they were hugely inspired by punk bands. Yeah, it's like there is that element, that feel to it, that. Yeah, that that attitude, the punk attitude in glam metal that's not quite there in in others. And so, yeah, I think this is the style to emulate. Yeah. Essentially. No, I get that. Yeah. But anyway, look at that. Once we put songs in, that'll be over 40 minutes, baby. This has been Talk Dirty to Me.